Hello. Welcome to Glory in the Gutter podcast. My name is Joel. I'll be your guide as we go into the gutter, finding the glory all around us. You might be asking yourself, what does that mean? This means simply that we want to discover Christian themes in secular culture to find the divine inside deficient humanity. Practically, that means that we're going to look at secular media, movies, music, books, and what have you, and investigating the themes in these media and demonstrating how these ideas find their origin in God. Now, this is the flagship episode. Welcome. So before I really get into the nitty gritty of how that works in you know individual media, I want to really explain in more detail what that all means and some supporting material to really explain why I wanted to do this podcast. First, as I alluded to earlier, this show takes as its central premise that everything good in the world has its origin in its creator, God. That good may be perverted over time by his creation as a result of the falling out between the creator and his creation known to most as the fall. Nevertheless, the pinnacle of creation, man, cannot but help to desire that which it has lost. And as artists and sub-creators, we long to glimpse the glory that lies within us all, to recreate what we have lost. This isn't a new idea. Blaise Pascal, in fact, struck this point when he said, and I quote, What else does this crazing and this helplessness proclaim but that there was once in man a true happiness, of which all that now remains is the empty print and trace? This he tries in vain to fill with everything around him, seeking in things that are not there the help he cannot find in those that are, though none can help. Since this infinite abyss can be filled only with infinite and immutable object, in other words, by God himself. Pascal points out the void that every man has within them. He points out that man tries to find something to fit the infinite void within it. Because they cannot find it, some seek to create it, to create a semblance of that which they feel reflects what they have lost, that used to be there at some time in ancient past. They may not admit this, of course, or even realize the subconscious motivation of their very souls, but I, your host, propose that they can't help it. They want to create the glory they cannot find. J.R.R. Tolkien, author of Lord of the Rings, and personally one of my, if not my favorite author, contributed greatly to this underlying idea. He exposed this in, a, in the form of a word he coined as eucatastrophe, literally meaning the good catastrophe. In his essay on fairy tales, he, like Pascal, acknowledges a desire expressed in sub-creation. He says, and I quote, At the heart of many man-made stories of elves, lies open or concealed, pure or alloyed, the desire for a living, realized, sub-creative art, which, however much it may outwardly resemble it, is inwardly wholly different from the greed of self-centered power, quote. 
But Tolkien goes on and rests his hat, if you will, on this principle of you catastrophe. He says, and I quote, the consolation of fairy stories, the joy of the happy ending, and more correctly, of the good catastrophe, the sudden joyous turn, for there is no true end to any fairy tale. This true, this joy, which is one of the things which fairy tales can produce supremely well, it's not essentially escapist or figurative. In its fairy tale or other words setting, it is a sudden and miraculous grace, never to be counted on to recur. It does not deny the existence of die catastrophe, of sorrow or failure. The possibilities of these is necessary to the joy of deliverance. It denies, in the face of much evidence, if you will, universal final defeat, and insofar is Evangelion, giving a fleeting glimpse of joy, joy beyond the walls of the world, poignant as grief, end quote. Everybody wants a happy ending. Good should triumph over evil, crime doesn't pay, and justice has to be made right. Why? Tolkien suggests and says that we desire this because we long for the fleeting glimpse of joy, joy beyond the walls of the world, poignant as grief. But he doesn't stop there. Tolkien goes on. His thoughts climax when they elaborate on this catastrophe. He says, and I quote, But in the catastrophe, we see in a brief vision that the answer may be greater. It may be a far-off glim or echo of Evangelion in the real world. It has long been my feeling, a joyous feeling, that God redeemed the corrupt-making creatures, men, in a way fitting to this aspect, as to others of their strange nature. The gospel contains a fairy story, or a story of a larger kind which embraces all the essence of fairy stories. They contain many marvels, peculiar artists, beautiful and moving, mythical in their perfect, self-contained significance. And among the marvels is the greatest and complete conceivable catastrophe. But this joy has entered history and the primary world. The desire and aspiration of sub-creation has been raised to the fulfillment of creation, the birth of Christ. Is the catastrophe of man's history, the catastrophe of the story of incarnation. This story begins and ends in joy. End quote. In fact, this concept of catastrophe of a true myth was one of the very ideas that convinced his good friend C.S. Lewis to become a Christian. On top of these, you know, more secular arguments the Bible contributes to this idea of glory in the gutter. James 1.17 says this, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. James, the author, writes to the twelve scattered tribes primarily to address the council of Jerusalem regarding faith as the basis of salvation, but here, in his introduction, he calls his audience to count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations because this produces patience, which in turn produces faith. However, God 
does not bring temptation. No, God brings the good. In fact, every good, every good gift that we see around us comes from him. When we see Darth Vader, the embodiment of darkness, defeating his enemy and now stalking his vanquished foe to the edge, announcing Luke, I am your father. When that same Vader, only an episode later, struggles with the dark and the light within him, finally choosing the light for the love of his son and perhaps even the great love for his forgotten wife, Padme. When choosing that light, the darkness does not surrender. Sacrifice must be given for his choice. When the dark Lord Palpatine is defeated, his son saved, Anakin Skywalker, Vader redeemed, asked to see the face of his son with his own eyes before he dies from the wounds that he had taken to save him. We, the audience, are moved by such scenes. Emotions race through our bodies. We react to what we have seen, and there is an untold feeling, an undefined experience. What is it, and why? Tell you it is a gift, a perfect gift, and it is divine. All of that is to say this, there is glory in the mess around us, there is glory in the gutter, and by the grace of God, we are going to find it in this podcast. Finally, in an effort to be totally transparent, I, your host, take certain assumptions when I come to the table. Some of you may have already guessed, but here they are laid out in a more full and transparent manner. I take as an assumption that there is a creator God As much as I love to argue about the existence, God, I think there are other podcasts and platforms to discuss the issue. Second, we assume that this creator God is the Christian God who sent his son, Jesus, to die for the sins of mankind. Third, that this God wants to communicate and have a relationship with his creation. I, of course, have other beliefs that will influence the way that I see the world and that influence my Christian worldview. And I hope to be as intellectually honest about them as I come to them. However, I do not want this podcast to primarily be about theological issues and arguments. They will inevitably come up, and I won't be afraid to engage in them. However, the core of the podcast will be about enjoying God and the sub-creation of art. Before we get into our first instance of glory in the gutter... I want to talk about the desire that I have for the show. I want this to be an interactive show. At the beginning of each show, I will field questions that I think were very relevant to the previous show. And I want these questions to come from you, my audience. This show is not just a podcast that is associated with a blog. Each week, I will post a podcast episode and a blog that will mimic the podcast in style, but not content. I hope for them to complement each other without repetition. However, it is there that I want to interact with the audience. I want the audience to submit questions, critiques, comments, recommendations. Yes, recommendations about movies, music, and other media that we can explore together on the show. I envy and appreciate your feedback in its many forms. So please, if you're interested, go to gloryinthegutter.wordpress.com and give us a shout out. We'd love to hear from you. But one last thing. This is a podcast about 
films, fun, and other media, but is also a podcast about God. So this goes beyond entertainment for me. The overwhelming desire for the show is threefold. First, that we would learn more about ourselves and the culture around us. Second, that we would learn more about God. And third, and most importantly, we would be transformed into the image of that God. Mark Twain once said, It ain't the parts of the Bible that I can't understand that bothers me. It's the parts that I do understand. Maybe we be changed by these revelations all around us.